today is May 22nd, 2023, and in 1948, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber is born in Kensington, London, England. This is the Crossroads Music Podcast, a weekly music discussion podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Raiders, thanks for tuning in. Hayden Scott, Ben, how's it going? Scorpion. Eric, how are you tonight? I'm doing well. Welcome, everybody, to the lovely podcast. Um, Andrew Lloyd Webber has written some absolute ridiculous songs slash musicals. Yes, he has. <laughs> Jesus Christ Superstar is like, it's sort of cheesy, but the songs are really good. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 one of those where you just uh, don't want to admit to knowing all the songs, but you do because it's you know. Uh, Jacob, Jacob and Sons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ben wants to know what you're drinking, uh, so might as well go into that, Eric. What's your drink of choice for today? So I'm not drinking White Sails, Benjamin. I'm drinking uh, Tofino Brewing's uh, their limited time Pilsner, which is the small batch, um, small batch release Pilsner. I, I kind of think that the uh, oh. I'm centering it with my uh, with my other video here. Um, I, I I think like this is a cool like can because it almost reminds you of kind of like the glistening water, like on a summer day in Tofino, um, which is neat. And it has a, like a texture to it, so all these like white little dimples, right, that act as kind of like reflections off the sun. So I think it's kind of a neat can. But this is off the very west coast. Um, Kim, you've been to Tofino. How beautiful is it out there? Oh, it's great. It's a, it's a sleepy town, but mm-hmm. weather's wonderful. It's it so is, good. It's yeah. beautiful. It's crazy busy during the summertime, but uh, but it's a great it's a great time always. Yeah. Uh, Chasing Dragonflies, how's it going? Thanks for the raid. Um, Chasing Dragonflies is also watching fireworks. And uh, if you're listening to this uh, on Twitch or on Spotify or Apple Music, wherever you're listening to us, you might hear popcorn on my microphone. It is not popcorn. It is fireworks because today is uh, Victoria Day here in Canada. So people are just shooting fireworks everywhere they want and screaming. To the queen. (laughs) Who's dead. Well, Queen Victoria. Of course she's dead. Yeah, she's dead. (laughs) She's long dead. <laughs> uh, ben oh. is also uh, drinking a Pilsner on his end for tonight. Right on, right on, right on. Um, all right, let's get into some music stuff. Eric, uh, what have you been listening to of significance this past week? So I uh, put on the Discord the um, Taylor Swift released an acoustic version of Lavender Haze, which in my opinion, I think it's way better than the other one. I, I felt it was very like when we reviewed the album i think we both agreed it was very heavily produced mm-hmm. um but uh still like like and it's kind of neat i i felt more of what was going on in the song with the lyrics and the meaning behind it with this version than you do the other one mm-hmm. um so if you haven't check it out uh lavender haze it's just purely acoustic it's kind of like i i kind of like that high kind of like banning day like that it was kind of neat that little uh, intro to kind of, um, you know, replace the synthesizers. Um, the other, like, I, I listened to a lot of singles. So I'll go through the album that I listened to, which was Moby released an album. It was Moby. his, yeah, which is his resound with the New York City choir uh, and <laughs> string, like, concert band. And uh, it was it was interesting. It was literally like take Moby and then just add an orchestra to it. And it was it was Moby singing the songs. So it was kind of uh, it was kind of a neat uh, neat experience. Uh, But I do like his original stuff better than this. This is kind of a bit. It sounded a bit ridiculous, (laughs) in my opinion. um so uh let, let's go off with the singles the teskey brothers is coming out with a new album called the winding way um they have uh, three singles off the album which is great they're kind of like a old mo they, they have that old motown feel but they're they're a new band which is awesome uh the revivalists uh i would say it's one of my favorite modern time bands 
of now wow. uh, because they're they're from New New Orleans. New Orleans. I don't know why I said that weird, but <laughs> they're from New I Orleans. It. I understand what you're trying to say. <laughs> Thanks. And uh, they kind of have that like like band, like swing band kind of feel to their rock music, which oh. I never really picked up until uh, I read their bio uh, on Wikipedia the other day. And I was like, that's why they sound like that. Because it was like, it's kind of like a unique like swing, like band swing rock. And I'm just like, how do they get it? Like, where do they get this sound from? But it makes sense because if they're in New Orleans, that big band music, marching band kind of style. Um, and the one album that I'm really excited for is the new Queens of the Stone Age album that's going to be coming out. Um, I think it has a cool name. It's called uh, In Times New Roman. <laughs> that's kind of a neat name. Uh, and they have a single off the album called Emotional Sickness, which is uh, which is just like it's pure Queens of the Stone Age, which I love. And it kind of sounds like what they did with like Clockwork, which I think is my favorite album. Uh, sue me if you think otherwise. But uh, but yeah, those that's what I've been listening to. Nice. Uh, just catching up on chat here. Uh, Sarah, thanks for tuning in. Welcome in uh, from the raid. Ben is uh, listening to Downward Spiral Nine Inch Nails lately, which is a fabulous album. I think, did we ever do an episode on Downward Spiral or did, was it in like the top 10 episodes? I think it was in the top 10 episodes. Top 10 episodes, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Downward Spiral by, by Nine Inch Nails. So freaking good. Mm-hmm. Um, and Scorpion, uh, yeah, if you feel like trolling... Feel free to to troll, cause uh, Eric and I we could troll all day. <laughs> yes, we can. We can <laughs> troll la 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 la, as we used to say back in the day. Um, on my end, nothing crazy new in terms of what I've been listening to. Obviously, the album that we're gonna be talking about today. Uh, I do have a gripe, Twitch. Twitch, I have a complaint uh, to file with you. Um, when I was putting the title for this stream today, I put Core Downey, uh, but they banned me because <laughs> because uh, Downey, I guess, has been used as a slur for like Down syndrome. Oh, okay. So they've banned the word Downey, which is Gord's last name. It's like mm. so. I had so to hence, put, there's an underscore. Hence, there is an underscore <laughs> in the name of our stream today. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I have, I have that's issues. so funny they the, twitch is like they're these guys are terrible <laughs> like that yeah. controversial scale that we have would go yeah. off the charts if we did start doing that yeah. but yeah but we so, were not those type of people yeah i mean we just make we just make fun of musicians that's all we do <laughs> i mean you know people shouldn't be doing that there's you know stop ruining good things but mm-hmm. you know whatever um and i started i started i haven't we're not going to reveal this right now but i started listening to the album we're going to do next week and i have thoughts i have huge thoughts i want to talk about it today but i can't because i i don't you know what i don't even know which <laughs> which it is i i usually find out at the end of the episode like, oh yeah uh, so kem sends me a list he does send me a list and it just gets lost in my uh, in my notes here no so um other than that nothing too crazy just the same old same old um Mm. but these oh i did talk about the in-ear monitors from from last week they're holding up they're pretty good i do like them um twenty dollars can't go wrong yeah they sound phenomenal for twenty dollars but one day i will own four thousand dollar pairs of uh in-ear monitors (laughs) and i'll report back i'll report back and tell you if it's actually worth uh, four thousand dollars more than my current. Pay. I don't. I think it will be uh, slightly better. <laughs> I know that's what I, I think too. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's gonna be better. Yes, but it's not gonna be better by much. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um. Anyways, that's that's my thing. Um. Let's see. Let's get into some music news. I am trying. I'm trying my best. We're going to try to get through all the news 
uh, topics that's, for for this the week. goal. Yeah, that's the goal. The goal. So the <laughs> list is short, and we should be able to get through it, but we'll see. Um, so first thing, Jamaican duo Cleveland Cleavy Brown and Wyclef Steely Johnson released a song called Fish Market back in 1989. It is the first known example of the usage of what is now known as the Dembo rhythm. It's a slightly syncopated four-to-the-floor beat uh, that traveled from reggae to becoming the signature beat in reggaeton and most of modern Latin pop music. Today, Steely and Cleavy Productions is suing three of reggaeton's biggest hit makers, El Chombo, Louis Fonzi, and Daddy Yankee. Honestly, I'm pretty old that I don't know any of these three people. Uh, and I'm pretty sure they're pretty famous right now, but whatever. Uh, the lawsuit, it, as characterized, is uh, the unlawful interpolation of fish markets rhythm. They are seeking credit and royalties. That's a lot of names. <laughs> Basically, they they invented the uh, the beat, the Dembo beat, uh, which started in reggae and as uh, is widely used in reggaeton and Latin American pop music today. Uh, so they're suing the three biggest hit makers uh, that are popular right now for using their drum beats. That'll be, I, I feel like it's going to be almost like the Ed Sheeran case. Yeah. With, I, I feel like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like, and as much as we always like, make fun of drummers <laughs> but like but like are you really gonna like just you know i hit something so i'm gonna i'm gonna copyright that <laughs> like it, it's just the same thing as chord progression like you can't mm -hmm. you can't copyright a rhythm you can't copyright a chord progression it's like it's no. ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous <laughs> Could you like ACDC would be sued? Oh my god, yeah, so many times that they're like, Hey, <laughs> you took our basic four four beat, damn you! It's the same beat in every song, it's <laughs> um, anyways, that's going on right now. Uh, in other news, uh, the Cure's ongoing fight with scalpers is not going well, so uh, the Cure have banned tickets that were resold through scalping, um. But currently, scalpers have found a loophole. Scalpers are now selling whole Ticketmaster accounts online to avoid detection. So uh, instead of you know transferring the ticket to someone else's Ticketmaster account after payment, uh, scalpers are actually giving people uh, usernames and passwords instead uh, on the resale market. Interesting. That's... I think they just need to destroy Ticketmaster. <laughs> I think they need to destroy Live Nation. And I think they just need to go back to like, you know, remember the days when we would go to HMV or Sunrise Records when it when it existed. Oh in, my god, but that was in such Ontario. a pain in the ass, Eric. It was a pain in the ass. It was a pain Ex in the ass. Explain explain to, to the, the children out there what Sunrise what our what so, our whole ordeal was back in the day buying tickets. So, so <laughs> come gather around, children, and listen to a tale of woe. Um so what you what we used to do was whenever there was a, a band coming into town and Ticketmaster was selling them, what we would do is we would go to the mall and and go to sunrise records which went bankrupt in ontario there is a sunrise records here in the mall in nanaimo so uh i don't know if i don't think they sell tickets i should ask next time i'm in there just so. to see i i doubt it but but we used to go up to the counter and you can be like yeah uh i'm here to buy tickets to the to this <laughs> and then you would yeah we have some left and they would actually give you the physical tickets right then and there yeah, I like that was such an inefficient process. I still think that there needs to be some sort of like Ticketmaster thing, but the way it's structured right like, now and the resale market, it's out of control. But remember when you used to like buy tickets when it went online and then you would get the tickets mailed to your residence? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So you would get your tickets mailed right to your residence. So, um, I mean, I I don't know if that will still stop. It won't stop scalpers, but it will it will kind of like 
because scalpers are still going to buy the tickets but it's not like electronic tickets where they can just send it to you right easily yeah so some idiot in like california can be like oh this is this person's last concert i'm gonna buy tickets all in london england and then sell it to them online right so it's a lot harder to do that you have to be in the actual place to do it yeah because like you have like these um they're not they're not call centers but they're essentially just like offices in like third world countries like india or the philippines where you just have people just like buying tickets off a of Ticketmaster, right? And they're not even in the country mm-hmm. where the 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 concert's being held, and they're just holding mm-hmm. these tickets ransom and then trying to get people to rebuy it at a profit, and then they just transfer the ticket over. Yeah, which is like, <laughs> like it shouldn't be like that. It's like crazy. No, no, it, it almost should be like a like if you like I don't know. I'm just pulling this out of my ass, but you get some sort of like insurance or something. It's like, well, once you buy the ticket, you can't refund it unless on certain circumstances. Yeah. Right. And you have to prove those circumstances. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah. then it's just like, well, screw you. I'm not paying a thousand dollars to go see some rinky dink band <laughs> that I would have paid whatever for. Right. Uh, Ben is saying that the cure is amazing, but they're not relevant enough uh, to fight this battle. I mean, to a certain extent, yes. Like the cure aren't obviously a, you know, top mm-hmm. top forty band today, but it, it has to start somewhere. Like there, it has to be every band is in this together and 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 fight the cause. You can't just have like, you can't just have Taylor Swift be the only person like fighting this fight. It needs to be mm-hmm. everyone. Right, like you could have the biggest yeah. stars, but it still wouldn't be enough. You just need everyone to be on board. Yeah. Um, Chasing Dragonfly says music festival tickets are still like that; they get mailed to you. I, Eric, what's the last music festival you've been to? Because I can't recall. Oh, Jesus Christ! Uh the last one I've been to is probably Canada Day. Um, oh, back wow. in Ontario, Jesus. and I saw the hip play there wow. with Weezer and everybody. I got I got the thing. I got the band somewhere. <laughs> the actual like bracelet <laughs> that uh, you get. Actually, no. Mail, I think so. I think Chasing Dragonflies is right. I think music festival tickets are still mailed because uh, I do remember mm-hmm. Vakken when I went. It was in Germany, and they mailed me the tickets here. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Anyways, that's that's a huge issue. Actually, related, Pearl Jam uh, have actually gone the opposite way, which is surprising. Uh, they've adopted Live Nation's all-in pricing model. Uh, essentially, what it does is forces Live Nation to be upfront about the final price of the ticket. Uh, they will still charge uh, and show you the breakdown of all the fees. Uh, but when you're searching for the tickets, the price you see initially on the screen will be the price you expect to pay at checkout. So, um, which I think is a better, at least a better system for the consumer. Cause like you're not getting hit with all these mm-hmm. like hidden fees at the end. Cause you think the tickets are 60 bucks, but they end up being 120 bucks. Uh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. at least one good, uh, one good step forward for, for live nation and Ticketmaster. Like I, I feel like we should do that with a lot of things here in North yeah. America. I just don't understand why we don't add. Because like in Europe, you go to Europe, it's like this is the price you pay. That's that's it. Yeah. There's nothing else. It's already built into the price. So it's like okay, you can your brain can justify that, right? Yeah. But like you said, you go buy a sixty dollar ticket, and you're like, why am I spending like one hundred and twenty eight bucks? Or, like, what is going on here? I thought the tickets were wild. We got an eco fee, and we got a like whatever they have. They yeah. had on there, right? Yeah, all these fees, credit card fee, and like yeah, just ridiculous yeah. things. Uh, you you might have to pronounce this because I actually don't know how to pronounce that place. But Ben's last festival was Sunfest, and he got in for free. Oh, Cowichan Valley. Cowichan Valley. Cowichan Valley. So that's on the island. So it's south of Nanaimo. And it's it's between 
like do you, do you remember driving through duncan yes yeah so it's just south of there i oh. think it's near the lake right ben oh interesting he'll answer he'll answer but <laughs> lake Cowichan. I'm, I'm assuming it's in there somewhere uh Cowichan what... valley that's the that's the native oh, tribes okay. got it yeah that's so uh while we wait for that answer uh it does look like uh oh ben says yes that is correct yes, like couching okay perfect um moving on other news uh looks like rivers como of weezer is looking to write a musical for the next weezer oh, album God. he has oh, reached God. out on twitter and asked the fans <laughs> to help him write a story for his new musical uh you know i could see him totally writing a musical <laughs> because his last con like we reviewed the seasons yeah. of Weezer. The four and, albums. Uh, although there were some good stuff on there, but I felt like, like, like we mentioned some of the songs, like it was like he was losing his mind. Um, <laughs> so I feel like this is this is not a surprise that he's writing a musical, and it's probably going to be something very strange. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Weezer's such a strange band. Like. They're the biggest band nerds in existence, but like they do real weird shit without being like super over the top though. I I I like I agree. I agree, but they're they made almost like that grungy like like me, all the music nerds out there like us that were like die hard like we know all the songs, we want to learn all this stuff. But when they started off it was kind of neat because it was like here's it was almost like that show the Big Bang Theory. When they kind of made like nerds sexy, as they like, as they said in the tabloids, right? They kind of made that kind of music. Like, here's some band geeks that get together and create like rock music, but they're embracing their inner geekness, right? Right. Which is kind of neat. But now they've gone so far <laughs> strange that it's like I think you're overdoing it a bit. <laughs> so. Uh, ben says Blake Shelton is the uh, Sunfest headliner this summer. That should be a good show. Good old Blake Shelton. Um, in somewhat tech news, uh, users of Google Assistant, uh, the Pixie song, Where Is My Mind, is causing Google Assistant to stop people's alarms. Uh, so in the song, uh, Black Francis of the Pixies uh, shouts out, Stop. Uh, which is turning off people's alarms. So some users have set up a Spotify playlist of shuffled music. Inevitably, the song Where Is My Mind would come up and immediately turn off people's alarms and people would <laughs> keep on sleeping. <laughs> it was the damn pixies. That's why I was late for work. You don't understand. <laughs> um, I don't know if they've actually implemented a fix for that, but that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> well, that's just like in uh, in any kind of like tech video. If you have any home pods or like whatever, and then mm -hmm. someone says the magical word, blank Siri. Yeah. I'm not going to say it because all my stuff is going to go off. <laughs> but then it's just like everybody's goes off. Yeah. Yes. How can I help you? <laughs> or whatever they have it set to. Uh, ben, yes, the Pixies are amazing. They're a really good yep. band. Um in uh i don't really think this is relevant news but i just found it funny uh there is a indie rock band called the view and they disbanded in 2017 however they reunited recently and had a comeback show at i don't know why this place is called this but it's called the deaf institute in manchester um during the performance frontman kyle falconer seemed to be frustrated and ended up throwing a couple of punches at bandmate kieran webster while it's unclear what originated the conflict in recorded footage the singer could be heard shouting i'll fucking kill you at the bassist the set was then ended and the rest of the views tour has been postponed indefinitely <laughs> this is their comeback show I come back show and they're already having issues. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. Like, yeah. I, like there's a reason why this band broke up in 2017. Mm -hmm. uh, and to be already like fighting each other on stage on the first show back. I, I, I got back to I'm going to predict that this is what's going to happen 
and and when Oasis gets back together <laughs> and does their tour, I predict that exact same thing will happen. Oh like they will God. have to have two separate rooms on opposite sides of the venue <laughs> where they can't have like and then when the show starts, they just come on stage, don't look at each other, <laughs> maybe have a wall in between them, but that would have that's gonna happen in the Oasis comeback tour. Um, also, chasing dragonflies. Next time we're on tour, that's also gonna happen to me. I get mm. yelled at by chasing dragonflies. <laughs> um, oh, in exciting news, uh, Josh Fries, formerly Nine Inch Nails, Guns N' Roses, Paramore, Weezer, The Offspring, Danny Elfman's band, etc., etc., um, has been announced as Foo Fighters' new drummer, taking over for the late Taylor Hawkins. I was thinking that you were going to mention this uh, because I was thinking of hosting the video on um, mm. on the Discord. Uh, have you seen it? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, I thought it was kind of a neat way. Like, who's going to be the drummer in all these famous drummers? You got Chad Smith, Tommy Lee, uh, Danny Carey from Tool. Yeah. And and I thought that was neat. Like, they kind of did it in a real funny way. He's like, what, what does he say uh, at the end there? Is this, uh, like, I've groomed your poodles. <laughs> Uh, no no uh the actual freeze oh he's he like says, uh can we play a fucking song or two <laughs> yeah can we play a fucking song or two and they're like oh yeah <laughs> yeah it was kind of neat yeah so josh josh is the new drummer for foo fighters um i've seen him live with nine inch nails he's phenomenal um he's mm. very like very professional drummer like he's been in every single band he imaginable well, he's a studio drummer, right? Which I think is a perfect fit because I, I honestly agree. I like think that if you were to take someone famous from a different band, I don't think it would have meshed well. Yeah, like if you took Tools drummer, it wouldn't work. No, I could see. Listen, Chad we're playing Smith. in four four time, not like <laughs> twelve two. I could sort of see Chad Smith working in Foo Fighters, though. It would still be a bit mm -hmm. strange, but I could see it working. Yeah, yeah. No, I think they made a good good choice with Freeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in other news, uh, in the world, back in the world of AI, uh, and we're going to incorporate deep fakes into this also. There is an artist mm. by the name of Holly Herd Herndon, Hern Herndon, H E R N D O N, who has launched Holly Plus in partnership with startup company Never Before Heard Sounds. Holly has one created an AI called Spawn that helps her create music using her pre-programmed sensibilities and voice. And two, with Holly Plus, has allowed her likeness to be artificially generated. Uh, it's creating, creating essentially a digital twin of herself. Uh, people can now upload instrumental audio tracks that will be processed with Holly's voice, but also will create a video of her in the likeness uh, of herself. Uh, the company reviews all submissions and approves the best ones. Once released, all profits are shared amongst the people involved with the final product. Hmm. So it's the full package. Uh, it's creating the audio and the visuals to go along with that audio, uh, all in her style, essentially. That's, uh, it, and you know what? Like, it, I've seen some of the AI, like, like on my rabbit hole of AI generated music, like there's the generated like visuals that they come up with. And it was like, I was watching one for war pigs <laughs> and it was like <laughs> pigs in war helmets <laughs> and body vests are running into battle. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> so that's, that's interesting. I guess, I guess, I guess they're playing on the visual part portion of it. Yeah, it's just honestly, it's just going to snowball from here. It's just going to get worse and yeah. worse and worse. Well, look at uh, like a friend of ours showed us Frank Sinatra <laughs> singing. Uh, what was it? Little John? Yeah, yeah. Get low or something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was just Frank Sinatra singing these rap lyrics, which was hilarious it's so, it just so funny it's <laughs> funny but like when you like think about it it's so messed up <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's so messed up. Um okay. We're we're actually we're actually almost there. We have one more uh news thing. Ooh. So we've actually done it for the first time in maybe like six months. We've actually gone through all the news yeah. topics for for the week. Uh the final <laughs> one is more of a what the fuck is this? Uh, there is a Taylor Swift fan on a clothing resale site called Depop that has listed a pair of dried up disposable contact lenses for $10,000. The reason for the large price tag is because those contact lenses have seen Taylor Swift on her latest era's tour. $10,000 for contact lenses. Gross eyeball juice the contact lenses that have seen taylor swift on her latest eras tour that have seen yeah. you mean you mean taylor swift or oh, oh so wait, sorry it's, it's someone, not even she's not even wearing them no it's someone this in, is somebody at the concert who wore these contact <laughs> okay, lenses that's, and the contact lenses that's a little, have seen taylor swift on stage on the eras tour that is a that is weird <laughs> that is like Serial killer weird. <laughs> no, this is yeah, chasing dragonflies. This is not Taylor Swift wearing them. This is a fan in the audience wearing these yeah. contact lenses. I <laughs> I got confused about that too. Um I don't know what to say anymore. Uh i now I know that when I go to a concert I could start selling the clothes that I was that were on my body. <laughs> the, this was the underwear I wore at the Foo Fighters concert. <laughs> Does anybody want <laughs> <laughs> like like that's just why would somebody want to do that and and why does like has has these been bought no, no. have these been bought no no one's has bought them oh see God. we have a buyer here sarah in the chat wants to know where where, where to buy them. buy them you can buy gross or are you, are you gonna are you gonna put them in you <laughs> buy them for ten thousand dollars what do you do with them you can't put them what do you in. Do with them? You can't put them in Why at not? this point. They're dried up. You put them in contact solution. Doesn't that how it works? Does it revive? I don't wear contact lenses. I, I wear these glasses. I'm pretty sure they don't but... revive. Once they dry up, I'm pretty sure they're done. So I'm pretty sure they turn into dust if you try to revive them. So, so, what's the per like? Because what do you do? They're part of history. They're a part of history. <laughs> it's not even history. It's like, <laughs> like. Maybe a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> on a very important Eras tour. That's why. On a very important Eras tour. I could, like, a little part of me, like 1% of me could understand Taylor Swift taking off her contact lenses, <laughs> leaving them in the bathroom, and some idiot, like, person that worked at the venue is like, oh, my God, I got to sell for $10,000. 1% of me agrees with, yes, I can understand this. But now that it's some person <laughs> in the audience. I don't know, $10,000. I mean, people... Do you, get, do you get a certificate like of authenticity I'm with sure, that? I'm sure if you request someone, they'll write you one. <laughs> This is the most strangest thing I think you've brought up <laughs> on the podcast. I mean, you know, if you have money to spare, people, honestly, on the resale market, um, the the some of the tickets are going for like $34,000. Like people are like actually buying tickets, $34,000. It's like an investment at this point. It's so messed up. Like you might as well just buy it come close to the end of the tour like tickets and then sell them for even more that's what it sounds like it's going for right now which is insane let alone her contact lenses hmm. like if if you come on next week and say hey eric um someone bought the contact lenses <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna i don't i don't know I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to start drinking straight hard liquor on this. Uh, Jack says that the con contact lenses can be rehydrated uh, after you. So you can put them back in your eyeballs, I guess. Would you, though? No. That that was my question originally. Would you no. Would you do it? No. Would you be like, I love Taylor Swift so much. 
I'm going to put these contact lenses in and maybe I'll experience <laughs> the show. Like, which is funny because if they don't wear glasses or they have a different prescription, it's going to like, like, I don't know. Like, you can't see anything. Yeah. I put, I've, I put on other people's glasses before and it feels like somebody's kicked you in the face. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, anyways, that's the news. That's the music news for, for us. Um, that what? is actually insane. <laughs> I, I I just I feel like you're fucking with me here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone actually did this. But I, I don't think anyone's gonna buy that. That's absolutely ridiculous. Um all right, let's uh let's move on. Uh we're making good time here with the album review. Um <clears throat> Yes. There's no one Sharon wants to know if there's a hearing aid for sale that has heard Taylor Swift sing live. Maybe that maybe. Maybe we could, <laughs> if we find someone. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> all right. Album review for this week. Uh, it is the uh, long-awaited, much-typed um, Lustre Parfait uh, by Gord Downey and Bob Rock. So Lustre Parfait is the first and only studio album by the late Gord Downey and Bob Rock. It was released on May 5th, 2023. Uh, it is actually the second album of previously unreleased material following Downey's death in 2017. The album features songs Downey and Rock created together in the 2010s after Rock produced the tragically hip albums World Container and We Are the Same. Uh, all right, Eric, your thoughts on this album, because uh, I know you're a huge hip fan. Uh, this is going to be interesting because yes. you're you're the hip fan here and I am the not hip fan. Not that I hate mm-hmm. the tragically hip, but I'm just like I've never been a fan of uh, that band. So I have once once I found out this was coming out, I I was like a giddy schoolgirl, just like I cannot wait for this to come out. Um, I guess don't first of all don't go into this album thinking it's going to be a tragically hip album. Because a lot of people think that, oh, Gord Downey has solo stuff. Uh, it's going to be like the hip. It's not. Um, his lyrics are still like, his songs are very poetic like they are in the hip. Uh, but the music's different. Uh, that being said, I think that this is the best solo album. Because I would consider this a part of his solo work. Hmm. Um, this is his best solo album that he's created. Um, and I I absolutely love this album. I have been listening to this nonstop. Um, you kind of get that tragically hit feel with it. Um, but also you kind of get like Gore Downey's very poetic, like just Gore Downey, like unleashed, which is, which I, which I absolutely love. Um, oh, there's just so much I want to talk about this album. We have uh, all the time in the world. Yeah. Because we got through the news pretty quick. Yep. <laughs> um, I guess the the one thing that I love about it was, uh actually you know what i'm gonna start with the negative because there was little negative that that i found with this album like there are some out like if you have listened to gord downey's solo stuff there are some songs you're just like this is very strange to me um (laughs) like the one previously that he wrote just after he died um i can't remember what it's called but it's kind of like a whitish album with kind of like like ominous like purple color kind of smeared Mm-hmm. on it or whatever uh i felt like that was way too artistic in in the sense it's just like this is a little strange um so he does have a little bit of that but uh i feel like because he's been working on this since 2010 he didn't really get a chance to finish the work so i felt like there were some missing links to the puzzle um and the reason why i'm mentioning that was because in the tragically hip album world container i felt like if i was to take a tragically hip album and say this is a concept album that would be a concept album to me mm-hmm. because there were songs on this album such as um here i'm gonna i'm just gonna pull up the while you're looking for that sarah thanks for tuning in have a good night um there's songs on here so uh is there nowhere which is like a slow kind of ver- like if you listen to the song you it, it almost like poetically it's like this about this guy kind of just in this rut that he's just paying his bill, drinking his coffee, kind of like there's nowhere 
to expand i'm trapped pretty much it's almost like a it's a it's a bit of a sad depressing song and then you get into the safest day of the year which is using the same lyrics um so uh, this was in the world container album with the song um uh pretend and then there was another song of the album i can't think of it but it was almost similar like it, it kind of told this story so i felt like there was a story that he was trying to tell here that kind of, kind of was lacking a bit so i could feel that this album was going to be longer if gork downey was still around i think that there would would have probably been a good handful of songs added to this that didn't make the recording yeah no and and to add on to that point like uh, i forget which song it might have been the north shore but it's the one with uh female backing vocals on it mm-hmm. um like there's there's definitely vocal takes here that uh if Gord downey was still alive i'm pretty sure would have been redone because there are chorus like specific chorus lines where Gord Downey's voice cuts out and the female vocal keeps going like mm-hmm. if he was still alive I'm pretty sure he would have held that note for longer uh because it just made sense but because yeah. there wasn't a take of him holding the note longer it just it sounded weird because he cuts off and the female vocal keeps going uh holding the note so like there's definitely instances where they've just this is the best we can do, so we're just going to fit it in. Well, exactly. And from what I've read about create when the album was being created was that a lot of the production happened, obviously, after he died. So yeah. it was like they had these songs, but they weren't even like mixed yet. So um, I-, I could see where those kind of issues would arise, right? Because Bob Rock is a well-known producer like he's he produced a lot of like things that turn into gold right yeah. um and and i i felt like he was like a perfect whenever he produced a tragically hip album i always was like i was excited because it was, it was gonna sound good mm-hmm. no matter what um so that that is the only really negative thing i can say about this album i'm gonna get into the positive um but i love the way gord downey takes words and puts them together which don't seem like they would fit and I'm going to use the album name and even the song Luster Parfait, right? Like, mm. like I just love the way he uses words together, like the tragically, like to be tragically hip, right? Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's like, it's kind of like unique, right? Like Luster meaning uh, a gentle uh, sheen of soft glow. Um, and then you have this parfait, which is like this delicate dessert in this fancy cup. Like it's almost just like, it, it kind of like gives you this like artistic visual yeah which is kind of neat um i love the way he tells a story in his songs like he does it like simply well but also very metaphorically well and i'm going to use um uh the raven and the red-tailed hawk so good yep Mm -hmm. it's such a good song and in fact i'm going to bring up the lyrics because he does he paints such a great picture like like i'm gonna use i watched a raven hop 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 rock 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 to rock right and and you can just picture this raven hopping down the road right yeah. and what i love about this song is he takes or what i like about gord downey is that he takes um canadian history or any anything canadian culture and really gives a visual and amplifies it in this song so the raven and the red-tailed hawk are very significant in native american culture right especially in Canadians, maybe in the States, you may be like, well, this tribe doesn't do that. Like, we're not here to discuss that, but um, (laughs) we're here to discuss. So the Raven and the Hawk, like the red-tailed Hawk in nature, they never get along, right? Mm -hmm. They're always at each other's throats, right? Very protective birds. And, uh, but in native American history, like culture, they're believed to have worked together to bring the light into the world right? Which is very odd. So it's kind of like the moral of the story is kind of, um, you know, even though you might not get along with everybody in the tribe, we work together for a common good, mm-hmm. right? So, and and it really paints a great picture with the song lyrics. It, it's, it's almost like that visual, like you have this raven doing his own thing. And then he, he really, like, he almost like humanizes it to the point where you're just like, when he says yesterday, 
I saw Raven picking at the empty hard hat, rocking by the side of the road. I tossed a rock, it echoed. And then he says, uh, look down and stare. I shouldn't care. I shouldn't care. Because obviously they hate each other, but they're trying to get along. So so it's it's almost just like, why is this bothering me? But I'm just gonna keep doing my own thing. But he does such a good like way of just making that. Yeah. fit into a song no like right? uh, and just to reiterate that i mean the one line that just sticks with me even today uh when listening to this album is off this song like uh what is it yesterday i watched that hawk just staring at a raven picking at some empty helmet by the road like when he's that when he like sang that i was like holy shit that's a line that's like yeah those are freaking like great imagery and not to go back to last week where we talked about ed sheeran's <laughs> album but like went this, down the bay went down to the bay but like bay. <laughs> this 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 is the big difference between these two artists right one is sort of mm. like a primary school student, and one is like a legitimate <laughs> like phd artist like this is what you do with lyrics right if you're gonna strip down songs to like the bare minimum and not saying that this album is like just in the guitar and vocals but like if your main bread and butter is songwriting and lyrics right this is what you do with lyrics this is how like you're supposed to like you know reach out to people give them an image or give them some sort of like message and not just like just whatever ed sheeran did on that album on on minus or subtract or whatever frick it's called like this yeah. is like top tier lyrics from oh, Downing. like one of the one of the things that resonates with me is off the sun something more uh when the line is uh, uh some things are worth losing for baby let's try to be something more um because usually it's just like uh th there's that you know you don't know what you have until you lose it or whatever but but it's like it's it's like that's labeled as a negative context but like the way he's saying it some things are worth losing right so it's it's almost just like this deep heaviness that it's like yeah you know what that experience sucked but it was worth it in the long end <laughs> right so like he, he he's very good at using words to just paint that picture yeah. right yeah 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 uh all right anything else for you to say before i move until or before i get into my stuff i mean uh it was neat to see all the musicians that contributed to this album um like you got johnny fay drummer from tragically hip played on a few of the songs uh gord downey's brother patrick downey uh played percussion i don't know if he was just like shaking the egg or whatever <laughs> but i mean like it, it was kind of neat just seeing all these like Canadian studio musicians who've had like a huge play in like the tragically hip and mm -hmm. Gord Downey's life just come together to make this album like sing. Yeah. So yeah. Ben is saying that this album is very emotional. He listens to it and gets goosebumps. Yeah, just like those lyrics, man. Like Gord Downey really can paint a picture with with his songs um mm -hmm. even the the first track gray boy says like if you just look at the title gray boy says like it's mm -hmm. already interesting to me yeah right? it's like what what is this song about gray boy yeah. says it's so interesting um <clears throat> so obviously we've talked about the lyrics here being like you know a plus mm -hmm. plus 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 and I, i'm in total agreement like the lyrics here you can't touch that it's like it's so good yeah uh, so I will only talk about the negative stuff. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> uh, uh, we could talk about the lyrics all day and like, they're mm -hmm. just so good. But um, I I don't know. It, and this is sort of a problem I have with the Tragically Hip also is instrumentally, I've always found it uh, lacking or at least mm -hmm. it, there was never anything interesting outside of Gord Downey's uh voice and lyrics right mm -hmm. like i've when i listen to these songs the only like unique characteristic of these songs that i can use to differentiate from track one to whatever 14 uh is the vocals because mm -hmm. like sure on some of the songs there's horns and that makes it a bit different but there's no like guitar riff that i could say oh yeah that is a completely different song from from this or like 
instrumentally i i just there was nothing interesting for me to latch on to on this on this album Mm. there were definitely some really good songs instrumentally but it wasn't it wasn't unique enough when when i listened to a lot of these songs i was like these songs really sound like like 80s rock bands like april wine ub40 mm-hmm. like a lot of these songs were stuck in that sort of past which is fine because that's what bob rock i assume bob rock did a lot of the instrumentation afterwards mm-hmm. um but it wasn't a modern sounding album to me when i listened to these tracks a lot mm-hmm. of these were stuck in that sort of 80s rock band mode yeah which I don't know. For me, I would have preferred a more modern, more, I don't know, timeless arrangement to these songs. Because uh, I honestly, I think like bands in the rock bands in the 80s, they were too generic using like way too many horns, way too many synthesizers in their music. Um, but some people did like it. So I don't know. That may that might just be a preference preference mm. thing there. I mean, I I do agree with you, and that's where I like for me the solo stuff for Gord Downey in the past, like when he was alive, like uh there was always a few songs that I loved off of his albums, but the, some of them were just too weirdly artistically like like and, and I understand what you mean, but like some of the instrumentation is just flat. Mm-hmm. right it's just like this is but um i mean like going to the hip and i feel like I, I, i'm like a huge defender of the hip right like gord downey's the front man right and everybody knows the tragically hip as gord downey um if i was to differentiate uh probably other members of the band i would say rob baker the lead guitar player he comes up with these unique licks right. in a band however rob baker's not playing on this album um we're talking about like Bob rocks doing most of the guitar work and this. Uh, So uh, I think at that point he was, he was trying to just make it generic. So it sounds good to people. Cause like, I do agree. There were some songs there was just like, Oh, if they, if they got rid of some of the horns, like I just felt like it was a little bit over amplified. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe that's unfair because like, why are you listening to a Gord Downey record? You're listening to for his voice and his lyrics, right? Yeah. No one's coming into this record thinking we're getting an Eddie Van Halen Car players bullshit. Yeah. This drummer sucks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> why is the song not in five four? Why are they playing in such simple rhythms? And like, yeah. To a certain extent, it's a bit unfair to just like, like focus on the instrumentation. But I feel like there was there was more you could have pushed it more like there could have mm-hmm. been something a bit more interesting, interesting in the instrumentation to push the vocals even further. Um, but I mean, that's true because like they did have, like they've been working on this since 2010. So like, I, I agree. Like they could have really, but, but for what it is, I, I think that it was well laid out in mm-hmm. terms of the tracks, obviously what, what they had, but I did feel like there was just something missing. And and I think that this was going to be, because usually his solo stuff are more of a, like a concept, like poetic album. And, and I feel like that's what it, this was going for. But it was great to hear Gord Downey play because you could tell like the last Tragically Hip album that was recorded, like you could just tell it's like, he's it's Gord Downey, but it's not, yeah. it's not him. Yeah, right yeah, it's yeah. like obviously something was going on right yeah but um and and ben mentions that like he emotionally connected with this album because mm. it's such like a, the hip is such an integral part uh to his music listening experience which like i get like uh, i i don't think this album coming out produces new fans of gord downey or like this is this album really is for tragically hip fans slash gord yeah. downey fans like I don't think Bob Rock went into this like trying to make a hit record, which I think is the right approach for something like this. Mm-hmm. Like I could, I I could see that the song that will stand out from these is the Raven and the Red-tailed Hawk. Yeah, 
for sure. Cause it's like a lot of people who love, like, like you said, this album's for tragically hip fans and Gord Downey fans and people who are like, tra- the, just the tragically hip fans are like, that sounds like a tragically hip song. Like mm-hmm. uh, that sounds like I could picture the band playing that live. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. But there's, there's like great songs on this. Like I love the North shore on this one mm-hmm. uh, to catch the truth is a great song. Even safest day of the year. Like there's so yeah. many lines in this album that just stick with you when you hear oh, it and like, i i know e- even with a song like camaro yeah this is a stupid like, it's a stupid song it's, but it's, it's, it's a stupid song but it's like it's like kind of like when you're in this like i wouldn't say midlife crisis but like you're older you're like all coming on 50 and you're like i remember when i used to take this camaro and it was such great like that's what it reminded me of Right. Obviously, we never had Camaros growing up, so <laughs> we couldn't relate to the song. But like as stupid as the song is, like I thought it was kind of neat. Yeah. Right? For me, it's like on that level of uh, what's that Queen song? Uh, I'm in love with my car. Like it was yeah. on that same level. Like this is the dumbest concept for a song, but yeah. it's still a really good song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, ben had a Camaro. <laughs> <laughs> see perfect this is the perfect album for you man um yeah like it's it's a good album it's a good album despite its flaws because Mm. there is just something special about whatever gord downey is or does like there's just something Mm -hmm. special about this album and he's like a true artist like a real artist um now, if he was still alive, would this album be better? There would be better takes for sure. Mm-hmm. Probably a bit better on the production side, but I'm not sure that instrumentally it would have been different or a whole lot different anyways. Cause like from what yeah. I've listened to in the tragically hip and his other solo stuff, like this is sort of in the ballpark of what he's always done. Mm-hmm. But like uh, for some reason, like I could picture so well him playing some of these songs live. Mm-hmm. Like I can actually close my eyes and visualize him with just his movements and everything. Like I, I just know exact. And and that's what I like. Like Ben, I connect with this album. Like I am a huge Gord Downey fan. He's one of my biggest inspirations in music. And um, but 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 I do get what you mean. I get what you mean about 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 it like like yeah it, it might have been better takes for sure i think there would be a little bit more songs on the album mm-hmm. but i i do agree it wouldn't have been much yeah more. it wouldn't have been much different yeah. i don't think um ben wants to know if uh if we agree this album needed to happen uh yeah of course like if there is mm. if there are vocal takes done by gord and it's to this quality you have to like work on it and release it like there's no mm-hmm. there's no reason not to even if i think instrumentally this album relatively is boring like that's not the point of this record right like the point of this record is to get his like thoughts and his feelings and his words out right that's that's why you put out this album exactly and and to give bob rock any kind of credit like he was having issues with him like he's like should i release this or should mm. i not right like because he was really struggling with it because obviously they were really good friends and it was probably hard for him to even just like like i felt like he did a great job like producing it to the point where it's just like you you could really tell he waited until it was at what he wanted it to be to get it out and it wasn't like i want to make money off of this he he was definitely releasing this to pay homage to yep. downey right yeah, yeah so for sure yeah no like production wise it's a phenomenal like record it sounds so good um uh, my my gripe really is just like the instrumentation like it should have really and i say should have but like there, there <laughs> should have been something more exciting mm. or i want something more exciting now is that what Gord Downey would have done? Probably not, but uh, you know that's the only thing that I'm always missing in a in a Gord Downey song or a Tragically Hip song for the most part. Like obviously, there's some really cool riffs that Tragically Hip do, um, 
but mm. overall like i always feel like it's sort of flat instrumentally mm. um okay uh final thoughts ratings since uh we do, we've had a lengthy discussion about this one um yeah i mean like i i was very happy this made it to the list of of episodes and uh i i absolutely love this album um i i do agree with ben it's almost to the point where it's like i feel like i kind of want to add it to my vinyl art if i should come across it and it's a good deal um but uh yeah like i'm gonna give this a nine out of ten oh wow nine nine out of ten despite its flaws which i agree with you i 100 percent agree with you on its flaws i just have to like this is this album means a lot to me and i i love it i love everything about it and i still think that raven and the red-tailed hawk is probably the best song on the album i think so yeah raven and the red-tailed hawk oh it's such a good song it's so good uh i just had a thought what would happen if in some bizarre world rush was the band that backed up court downey (laughs) (laughs) that would be interesting because um like i i I would even give credit to neil peart being a great songwriter Mm -hmm. as well because he's writing most of the majority of the lyrics right so i feel like they would that would be interesting to see them collaborate a song yeah, like Getty Lee doesn't sing. This is Gord Downey singing on top of a mm-hmm. rush. Oh my god, that actually, that would be something that I feel like would be really good. That'd be so. Yeah, cool. uh, there will be an AI that will write that one day. <laughs> yeah, uh, for yeah, me, closer to the heart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, uh, this is uh, yeah, this is an eight out of ten for me. Um, despite my gripes with just generally the instrumentation of this album, you can't really argue with like pure, like artistry, like this level of lyricism, the level of delivery also in Gord's vocals, like mm-hmm. Gord does not have the best voice in the world. Like, uh, let's not, no, but it works. Yeah. Let us, it let's works, not kid though. ourselves here. He's not the best singer, mm-hmm. but no one can deliver those lines better than he can. Yeah, That's like thing. it, and and it's funny because like, I I agree. Like he's not. I wouldn't say he's a top five vocalist. I would I would put him in the top five songwriters, mm. like in terms of lyrics, right? Um, but but yeah, like he just has this way, like, and it just fits with the band. Like yeah. it just even with his lot, like Gord Downey live is just as good. Like, I, like I th- I still think Freddie Mercury is probably one of the best frontmen of all time but i i feel like gord downey is 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 up there yeah 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 because he's able to do something with his his voice that like not Mm. a lot of people can do it's just like this is what i'm feeling and i'm going to make you feel what i'm feeling like not Mm. a lot of people can do that so um but yes it's an eight out of ten for me simply just because the lyrics the delivery it's just so good that it's like you have to listen to it mm. but don't go into this thinking it's some like you know musical masterpiece because it isn't mm-hmm. no no uh what is ben saying you sing you like, like Gordy, Gordy, Eric. Eric. Let's, let's go, go. <laughs> let's foe let's go for foe <laughs> what i uh, i don't think so uh but that is a compliment and i will take it <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh all right eric yours yours is a nine out of ten mine's an eight so pretty close mm-hmm. not bad not bad but i would do recommend listening to some because i think it's great yeah. um all right so that is our discussion about luster parfait it's a great album um for those of you following along with us every single week, the album we are going to be listening to and discussing will be Walk Around the Moon, the brand new Dave Matthews Band album. Okay, so I do have this all uploaded then. Julia, thanks for tuning in. Okay. Ben, have a good night. Um, I am not happy that this made the list, but... Uh, we will be listening to this and giving our thoughts next week um 
I'll save my thoughts for next week because I'm not happy. The ultimate, the ultimate hipster band. I am not happy. <laughs> I thought I would give uh, them a fair chance, but I'm not happy. <laughs> I have not listened to anything off this yet, so uh, I will. I feel like we're gonna have the same view on this. <laughs> All right. So. Um, controversial statements none this week very good very good uh except twitch banned me for using downy in the title which is stupid um, i think that's an automatic controversial <laughs> statement um and that's it that's the podcast this is the crossroads music podcast here at twitch.tv slash the crossroads music podcast uh catch us uh live here at 10 p.m p 10 p.m et 7 p.m uh pt uh otherwise we're on spotify apple music all the places where you get your podcasts uh i believe this is our second last show uh for a little bit uh so yes no wait is this our third last show i know i think this is our third last show i feel like this uh this uh i think it's the second because we're moving to wednesday oh right 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 okay so yes next week will be our last monday show that's what it is okay perfect yes Alrighty. Well, uh, that's it. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, Eric, any closing thoughts, statements, uh, words of wisdom before we wrap this up? I've got nothing for you. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) All right. Have a good night, everyone. And we'll catch you all next time.